0: Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com.
1: This is Shays. Here's the jump hook. It's good. Sykes has it. Half-court for the win. He got it! Baked it in for the win! And now we've got a battle. Kareem against Shays. Doug Moe trying to get his players back. They don't want a technical foul. They're still in a, in a lock here. Kareem has got a headlock on Shays.
2: This is Shays and Higgins. Back
1: at it on a Thursday, QSportsTalk.com, ESPN 97.7 in the queue Brian I think it's Danny Shays. Uh, for those on QSportsTalk.com at the moment, you can be admiring both of our hotel rooms. Uh, I'm in Thanks, Louisville. we got women's hoops
2: tonight, 7 o'clock. Danny, uh, is still in Orlando? Where, where are you right now? Yeah, I'm in mean, O-Town, baby. Uh, I'm on my way to Atlanta tomorrow, but uh, still be here for the show in Orlando and... Uh, uh enjoying it man life on the road it's like the old days getting the juices back getting all energized it's basketball season and i was at the ucf uh uh memphis game last night so i got to hang out with a few former teammates penny hardaway of course the coach of memphis and nick anderson still here in town in orlando came so we had uh, uh, a little reunion uh, after the game so uh, uh it's uh, good being back Okay, I was going
1: to ask you what your basketball evening was last night because there was a lot of a lot of hoops on that. That was not a game that crossed my plate, but it was not in front of me. What, what happened in the, in that one with uh, your guy Penny?
2: Yeah, well, Penny had a couple of guys out. You know, they've been uh, both injuries and of course COVID. So they uh, uh, struggled. UCF pulled it out at the end. They won by ten. And, it, and uh, in a way, Memphis went six. I think it was six for eighteen from the free throw line. Uh, missed a bunch of bunnies. Penny was pulling his hair out. Just uh, uh, certainly a winnable game. But, uh, give UCF credit. They worked hard, played hard. You know, Johnny Dawkins is the coach there. Uh, so we got uh, some ACC representation, some magic representation. It was a, uh, a good night. Was had by all. Okay, so that is uh, that is the
1: basketball evening uh, last night from uh, Danny Zagno. I, wanna, I do want to hit this. This was on my mind earlier today and has absolutely nothing to do uh, with basketball, Danny. But as we are both currently uh, sitting in hotels and uh, one's mind does wander when they're getting ready for the day... Um, I find that when I am at home getting ready for the day, I somehow manage to go through, like, years and years without flooding the bathroom floor with the shower, and yet, like, 50% of trips to the hotel, I get out into, like, a soaking mess on the floor, so uh, th- that was the start of my day. I-, I don't know if you had the same issues or if that's just me not being able to handle my business on the road.
2: Well, if your answer is, have I taken a shower today? The answer is yes. Uh, so those that was not with, actually
1: the question, but.
2: With, with those of you with television, not just television, uh, I do smell pretty good, I, if I could say so myself. <laughs> but no, I told you a lot of these hotel showers are designed for looks versus uh, uh, security. And uh, yeah, I gotta be a little careful out there. And uh, those of us to take up a little more room in the shower than we used to, you know, you get sometimes uh, uh, you, know, you get those deflections out the door, but uh, all good. <laughs>
1: All right, so that that's uh, neither here nor there, but that was on my on my mind uh, this morning, and figured I needed to ask you about it uh, on the air as opposed to anywhere else. But uh, you exactly. you were at a basketball yeah you were at a basketball game last night. I figure here let's start the show. Let's just take a spin around about uh, all the hoops last night. A big NBA game last night, Danny in Chicago, Nets and Bulls. Yep. That was set up big as NBA, you-, you know maybe. The surprising team of the East, and then the team everybody expected to be there in the East, uh, in the Nets. One possession game at halftime, not so much as the end of the third quarter. And uh, here's a bit of what Brooklyn was able to do last night.
0: Oh, look at the hustle. Bembry gets it ahead. Griffin slides,
2: finds the open man, and Edwards with the flush.
1: The unmistakable uh, pipes of one eye and eagle there. Um that was an unbelievable third quarter performance last night, Danny, by the Nets. That I'm watching that game at halftime, and say, "Wow, I I'll, I'll, might stick with this. This is this is a really good game." And
2: Harden and Durant just blew them <laughs> off of the floor in the third quarter last night. Well, it's funny you bring that game up because I I watched the first half, and then went down, the, uh, went to a quick dinner. Uh, so it was Gabin with the wife and my uh, my teenager who was here. And then all of a sudden, I looked up, uh, you know, with a few minutes to go in the third quarter, I went. Wait, is this the same game? Uh, you know, because you're right. It was a nail biter at half, and then all of a sudden you look up and Nets are up 20. And uh, so yeah, it was uh, definitely a blowout, especially on the road. You know, big win for uh, uh, for the Nets. So uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, I, I've never been a big fan of what they call the statement game, right? It's uh, uh, oh, you know, the Lakers come east and they play the Nets for the one game, or. I am, or whoever the hot team is. Uh, I've never been a, you know, a big believer in the statement game because it's just one of many. And as you know, even in a seven-game series, one game to the next doesn't mean what the next game is going to be, right? But uh, but this is a game that definitely at least tries to give you a barometer of who is, uh, you know, the big teams. Is Chicago able to compete? Uh, you know, so it gives you a little bit of a look at that. But uh, you know, as the season progresses. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, obviously, you've got Milwaukee as the defending champ. You've got the Nets as the, uh, uh, as you read, as the, as the perennial favorite. Uh, the, you know, the the Bulls up and coming, Miami surprising some people. So it's uh, you know the East may be more competitive than it has certainly has been. It's you know, been known as the kind of the doormat compared to the West. So it's uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how this season plays out and then getting into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, the, the game was in Chicago last night, which meant that Kyrie played in uh, the game, and we'll see how that goes forward uh, down the line with, with the home games, if there's any uh, wiggle room on that. But, I mean, they dropped the stat somewhere because he did it at that point. It was in the third quarter. It was Durant's, it was like his 14th or 15th straight game with at least 25 points, and, and then Harden's out there. I think he had 16 uh, assists and – say whatever you want about Kyrie, like if those two are cooking like that, it doesn't even really matter who who the third guy is with those two right now.
2: Exactly, I mean, uh, KD has proven he's the most dominant scorer in the league, Uh, you know, when he uh, went to Golden State and virtually took over the team, right, a team that was absolutely loaded, uh, you know, back with, with, you know, coming off championship then he comes in there and and they go, you know, Steph who, Uh, you know, because he was just, you know, such a dominant force there, just to show that, you know, he is kind of in in a uh, you know, head and shoulders above everyone else when it comes to scoring the ball on the offensive end. You know, James Harden has obviously proved that as well. Just, you know, obviously the defensive question marks and, and the chemistry question marks will we'll follow him until something good happens. Uh, and then, of course, the Kyrie, the wild card, right, is, um, you know, what's going to happen in road games? How is that going to play out in the playoffs, right? When you're playing, uh, you know, you work to get home court advantage, which, you know, th- you know in theory they're going to have at least for twice. Uh, you know, and if he's only playing road games, you know, how is that going you know, to play into it? So, so many unanswered questions as, you know, as we get towards the end of the season.
1: Well, you could say probably no one shot in the last five years of the NBA affected uh, the whole league more than when he won the title against uh, that great Warriors team. Then Durant goes to the Warriors, and the whole deal that was that was kind of the butterfly flaps its uh, wings moment uh, for the league that kind of set everything in motion. Exactly. Now you got the bull, you got the Bulls here watching them. I haven't really put eyes on them much this season, uh, Danny. I think we've all watched Jamar DeRozan play for a long time. Uh, first in Toronto then a little bit with the Spurs and maybe he's having his best ever season. Zach Levine is a a superstar. Lonzo Ball kind of kind of does what he does. It that was a you know, you don't like a statement game in the NBA regular season, but that game was getting hyped up in, in Chicago last night. That, that that's got to sting for those guys a little bit.
2: Well, it, like I said, it certainly does. You mentioned those, you know, those guys, you know, Lonzo Ball coming in as uh, you know, kind of the you know, if you want to say the team dynamics mixture, right? A guy who's a set-up guy, Zach, Lerner, uh, you know, when he came out of UCLA, all he can do his jump, and now look what he's developed in uh, over the years, even coming back from knee injuries, and of course you mentioned DeMar DeRozan having a, just a killer year, so you know, they're, they're a team to be reckoned with. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, again, it gives you an indication of, uh, you know how they're going to look against a team like the Nets, but it also gives them the opportunity to evaluate maybe what adjustments, what changes they have to make to match up. In my era, you had the, you know the Larry Bird Celtics in the East, the you know the Showtime Lakers in the West, and every team had to match up specifically to one of those because you couldn't advance in the playoffs unless you could beat them. Right, so you saw the Knicks and Philly you know sign players specifically to match up against. Uh, you know, some of the Celtic players, uh, you, know, the, uh, you know, specifically Philadelphia, signing guards to match up against Dennis Johnson. You know, who are they going to bring in to, to be physical against Larry Bird? And then in the West, of course, you had the Lakers running up and down. You had uh, San Antonio with Ice Girvin and, you know, us in Denver with a high-tempo uh, passing game offense. You know, how do you match up in that tempo against Showtime? So, you know, now you're seeing it, uh, you know, with the with the Nets uh, as maybe being the standard bear. Of course, Milwaukee uh, with, uh, with Giannis is – You know, we'll always, uh, you know, have that outlier player. So, uh, you know, these kind of matchup equations are are getting pretty interesting to see how teams are going to fold up against uh, or match up against, uh, you know, some of these leading contenders.
1: Uh, that was the big NBA game last night you mentioned uh, Milwaukee they won the title last year huge game uh, tonight on TNT them and uh, Golden State that is uh, in Milwaukee 7:30 uh, this evening before we hit a, a, a break here want to get to this uh, we got Nick Kerr the voice of Louisville women's basketball the orange women playing uh, here in Louisville later on this evening he'll be joining us in a few minutes here Danny is the best thing I heard last night I've got the Virginia Virginia Tech game going in the hotel. Our guy, Anish Sharoff, uh, who I've known a, a long time, Syracuse grad, is calling the game uh, with Jordan Cornette, And uh, then this happened. What a possession. He shows hard on a pick and roll. Kafaro
0: recovers, defends Aluma, makes him give up the basketball. Seven-foot-one is working right now. Working.
2: And that is Kefaro a, a short clock violation, which in this building is borderline erotica.
1: And what better describes Virginia basketball uh, than that? Uh, uh, a <laughs> Borderline ironic. That was one where I, I perked up and I immediately had to pay attention to what was going on uh, in, in a close but otherwise kind of boring game last night.
2: Well, there aren't that many arenas where the fans go bonkers for a shot clock, viol- a successful shot clock violation, yes. right? Forget, getting, forget a posterizer dunk, forget a, you know, a, a, you know a, a logo three, right, from half court. No, a shot clock violation gets the crowd, uh, you know, <laughs> you got to love a team that, you know, love fans that love defense.
1: Well, will get a little bit more into that game and uh, the ACC and what uh, went on in the league last night when we get later in the show. Virginia did hold on uh, to win that game. Virginia Tech had a couple of three balls in the air on the final possession. Uh, they could have won it and uh, neither dropped. I'll actually be in that arena, Danny, on Sunday to see uh, their women. Uh, their women are really struggling. So uh, we, we may get a few shot clock violations in that game that will not be celebrated yeah. as much by the home fans. But that is a, a story for another day. All right, let's hit a break here. Shays and Higgins rolling along. We'll get a little Jim Bayheim uh, later in the show. He was on Orange Nation earlier today. We'll hear a little bit of that. Immediately next, though, we'll turn our focus to why I'm in Louisville right now. Women's basketball tonight, Cuse, and the number three Louisville cards. The voice of Louisville on the radio is Nick Curran. He joins us next. Jason Higgins here today on QSports.com and ESPN 97.7 in the Cuse.
0: ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Shays and Higgins.
1: Rolling along, Shays and Higgins on a Thursday. Danny's in Orlando. I am in Louisville. Our next guest is also somewhere in Louisville right now. He is Nick Curran, the radio play-by-play voice of the third-ranked Louisville women's basketball team. So I don't, I don't know where exactly you are, Nick, at the moment. I can almost see the um center from where I'm sitting uh, out my window, but I, I imagine you can't be too far off right now.
0: I'm not. I'm at I'm at Louisville Slugger Field just down the, just down the street from the Yum Center just a couple of blocks away. So we're we're right near one of them.
1: All right. So I, I think I just need my my room to be on the other side of the hotel and I could probably uh, spot where you are. Nick is also the uh, voice of the Louisville Bats, if you're you're wondering why he's at a baseball stadium uh, today. So he makes uh, plenty of trips up to Syracuse to uh, see the Chiefs and now uh, the Mets. And that is a, a little something we can get to as we roll along. But uh, Nick, your team in the Cardinals have been rolling, lost the opener to Arizona and that's it. They haven't lost, lost sets. So what what is working right for uh, Jeff Wall's group here this year? Uh, it's been the defense, and that's
0: uh, that's been a little bit outside the norm for for his teams. Normally, uh, it's it's the offense that that gets out and plays well early in the season, and then the defense comes along, and by the end of conference play and headed toward the postseason. Uh, it's a really good defensive team, too. Uh, but this year, so far, it's been the opposite. The offense got off to a rocky start. The defense has been what, what this team has hung its hat on, second in the nation in scoring defense, and in the ACC, incidentally, uh, headed into the game tonight. And um, th- that's what it's been. That's been the consistent element for this team is, is defensively, they're, they're gritty, they're tough, they, they don't back down. They will, uh, they will duke it out if they need to, even if uh, shots haven't been falling. They've kept themselves in games. Uh, with the defense, and that was the case even in the opener, a loss to Arizona in overtime. A lot of really tough offensive stretches in that game for Louisville, but stayed in it with the defense and and came up short. But it's been the story uh, for for a lot of the year to have to overcome some offensive struggles and, and stay in it on the defensive end. And and uh, the other thing that has been a big theme for this team has been the depth. Uh, you know, they go 10, 11 deep every game, and they will uh, have somebody different seemingly. Step up, uh, not only game to game, but but really quarter to quarter, and and be uh, a big part of of uh, of a win. And it, you know, uh, Haley Van Lith and and Emily Inksler, obviously a a former Syracuse player transferring to Louisville this year. They've both been incredible in the fourth quarter, pretty consistently for Louisville, especially in close games. But uh, earlier in games, it's been uh, you know somebody one night, somebody else the next sort of step up in, in different quarters and, and spark Louisville and, and those have been the two big things for the cards this year and the two biggest reasons why they won 13
1: in a row Yeah, uh, and you're so right Nick about this not being a Lu- I mean it's always a good Louisville team that kind of goes without saying here over the course of the last decade or so now but you usually think of okay Asia Durer could light it up at the, the lead guard spot she was what twice the ACC player of the year just graduated Dana Evans last year who was a a 20-point-a-game score and twice uh, the ACC player of the year after uh, being the sixth player of the year uh, the year before that. There isn't that uh, on this year's team. How does? But they're still winning. I mean, that Georgia Tech game a couple weeks ago. That Emily Exler and we'll talk about her in a bit. She had the game winner on. Neither team hit fifty, and still won the game. It's almost weird. This is. I don't feel this is as talented a team as maybe Louisville has had recently. But at the same time, maybe maybe more dangerous come tournament time because because of that defense, which seems to be a huge weapon.
0: Yeah, I think that. You know, there, there's not that one superstar, and, and Jeff Walls has talked about this, uh, the head coach of the Cards, a lot this year. Um, there's not that Asia Durr or or Dana Evans or Maisha Hines-Allen or Shoney Schimmel or Angel McCautry going back through uh, through the history of the program with, with uh, Coach Walls at the helm. But, you know, if you go up and down in terms of the, the depth of talent on this team, probably as good as it's ever been, even though there's not that, that one standout superstar on offense. And uh, I mean, it's a team that, that he loves coaching because of how uh, in tune they are. Most of the time with a scouting report, and and that's the reason they can play such good defense, how locked in they are during games. He's talked a number of times about being able to, to draw up plays in game. And uh, this group can go out there and take it from the clipboard and execute it. And that's something that, that wasn't necessarily there uh, last year, he said, that, you know, every team has its strengths and weaknesses. And last year, it was tough to like draw up a play in the middle of the game and have them go out and and execute it properly. And, and this year, uh, he's been able to do that. He drew up, I think, four down the stretch in that Georgia Tech game you mentioned, including what ended up being the game winner for for Emily with the layup. And uh, I, I think you know th- that's another aspect of his team that that uh, they're they're just locked in mentally. You have Emily, as you mentioned, you have Chelsea Hall, who's a grad transfer from Vanderbilt who have come in and both fit right in with this group. And, and uh, I I think Haley came in, Haley Van Lith, with a lot of uh, attention nationally. And, and and she's been really good, especially in clutch time, but you just have a a lot of weapons and a lot of different players. Kiana Smith has been the leading scorer for this team, a really good three point shooter. And you just look up and down. uh, They just have a lot. There's, There's probably nobody that's going to go score 35 or 40, but there's probably seven or eight players that could go get you 20 on a given night. And I think that's what makes this team really dangerous.
2: Let me jump in quick. uh... Brian, sorry about ahead, that. Danny. Uh, yeah, my, uh, so I want to jump in, introduce myself, say hi, and also talk some general Louisville. Uh, you know, I was thinking back to my old Louisville connections when I came in the league and back in the Wayback machine in the early eighties, uh, Dr. Duncan Stein, Darryl Griffith. That uh, was my teammate with the jazz uh, junior Bridgman. Another Louisville guy was uh, a big presence throughout the Players association. So uh, yeah, I always like, uh, you know, getting down to Louisville. You, you see those two guys at all? Uh,
0: well, I I, I
2: don't a lot personally, but
0: they are huge, uh, in, you know, huge people in this community, no doubt about it. Uh, Daryl Griffith's number 35 hangs in the rafters. He's a guy that, uh, that a lot of people around here, uh, idolize with bringing the, the national championship to Louisville in 1980. Uh, I like when I played grade school basketball, I wore number 35 because of Daryl Griffith. Um, he, you know, he's, he's a definite, uh, just fixture and, and hero, I think in this community has come back to Louisville and done a lot of great things in the community. And, uh, you know, was a local guy coming out of high school here, male high school here in, in town and, and stayed home to play and, and brought the, brought the national title home. And, and obviously, Junior Bridgman, what he's gone on to do after his basketball career in the business community—I mean, he's a—he is an absolute uh, stalwart in the in the business community here, and um, a lot of respect from a lot of different people with who, what he's been able to do post-playing career. And, and that's how I know him most—is—is is what he's done in the business community and all the the businesses he's owned and invested in here in town. And uh, I, I think uh, that's what uh, a lot of people in, in like my generation have grown up uh, knowing about Junior, knowing that he was a great player when he played. But but now he's he's made uh, I mean probably a tenfold impact uh, off the floor since his since his playing days ended. And I, I'd awesome. say, Danny, well,
1: I don't if you ever think into him? So. Say hello. I, I don't sure think Nick sure are a great great. <laughs> what, what was your grade school nickname? Also, Dr. Dr. Duncan Stein? Nick, I'm, I'm somehow getting the uh, going to take a guess. That was not the case. in like your fifth grade basketball team. It, it was not my, uh,
0: my grade school basketball <laughs> nickname was, Hey, sit on the bench. That was, that was my
1: <laughs> Well, it, it at least lets you know where to be at. Um, for tonight Syracuse fans w- watched Emily Angsler play for three years and saw her development as a player last year, when multiple awards in the league, uh, best bench player in the league with the six player of the year award, all defensive team. And, and it looks like she has seamlessly fit in to what Jeff Walls and the, the team is doing. What, what has been, uh, from your view, the Emily Engsler experience been like?
0: I mean, she has, she's fit right in. She is a, uh, you, you guys know this, uh, a player not afraid to kind of mix it up on the floor. And to to do some 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 dirty work out there. In addition to being really really talented, uh, she brings that kind of New York tough mentality. And uh, and I think that's why she fits in. I, I think you know she's she's a blue collar type of player, and that's and that's what uh, that's what Jeff Walls is. Uh, that's that's what he is about as a coach. And so I, I think that's been perfect. She she brings the, the rebounding that that this team sort of lacked. I think last year um, with with not a ton of depth inside and, and probably still the case this year, but but she's like having an additional uh, center out there in a lot of ways with what she can do on the backboard. And uh, she's hit some big shots for this team. She shot the three well. Uh, Coach Walls has talked about just her instincts on defense. He's never really seen anything like it. She's she's so so instinctual about being disruptive and being able to get her hand in the passing lanes or, or tip a ball away from somebody. She leads the ACC and in, in steals per game right now. Um, it's kind of evidence of that. And and, and it, it's just fun to watch her play uh, because she's so skilled. Her passing ability is amazing, uh, almost to a fault As uh, so early in the season, especially they were trying to, to get her to shoot it more as a coaching staff. And uh, you know, she throws these bullet passes that I think sometimes catch her teammates off guard, but they're usually right on time and right on target. And, it's just up to everyone to be ready to catch them. Um, just the the combination of of her skill level, in addition to her mentality out there on the floor, uh, I, I think it's been the perfect combination to to fit in with this team. And uh, it's a close knit group. You, you add in Emily, as mentioned, in Chelsea Hall, and and a couple of freshmen, and and then aside from that, it's a it's a nucleus that's been together at least for a year. Uh, last year, most everybody else was around, so a uh, close knit group. And and I think all the newcomers, including Emily have, have fit right in. And that's another big asset for this team is how close they are.
1: Yeah, the stat that blew my mind. And you just said it, uh, Nick, when you're looking up numbers, getting ready for the game. And obviously Emily ranks highly in the league at a lot of stats and rebounds and block shots. And none of that is surprising. And and she was pretty good in this category last year, but it blew my mind that she is leading the league. She's a forward leading the league in steals. She just had a seven steal game against Pittsburgh the other day. That's that is a territory. You don't find forwards in That's normally a point guard's job to, to lead the league in that number.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what, what she can do. And, and I, it just speaks to her versatility. You, you've seen it, but she can be down low and mix it up and then she can uh, she can get out on the perimeter and, and and play like a guard. It's just it's pretty mm-hmm. wild uh, what she can do in terms of her versatility both on the offensive and defensive end. And Mikasa Robinson who uh is kind of similar for Louisville. She she's a guard but she often guards the 4 or the 5 for the other team. She's been an ACC all-defensive team player, comes off the bench now for the Cards. Uh she was as excited as anybody, it was a a popular story in the preseason about how pumped she was that Emily was transferring to Louisville because she wasn't going to have to guard her anymore. Uh, And I think two (laughs) players with the same mentality that are just going to go at it out there up and down the court. Um, And and I I think that's why everyone was was so excited to get her because, uh, because they weren't going to have to deal with her anymore on either end of the floor. But uh, her, her instincts for, for getting a hand on the ball uh, it's just I, I don't think it's something you can teach. It, it's just she she just has a feel for the game that you can you can see uh, as you watch her play.
1: Well, last time these two teams met was the ACC semifinals last year, and uh, Louisville did win the game, but Emily went twenty one and ten. So I'd imagine uh, they're much happier uh, to have that in uh, the Cardinal jersey uh, tonight. Couple last things here with the voice of the uh, Cards on the radio side, uh, Nick Curran. COVID pause. This came out, what, on Friday? A game on Sunday that was supposed to be at Miami gets postponed. I'll say it, when I I saw that come out on Friday, I I just thought this game was probably going to have to be pushed back. But uh, here we are. It looks like we're all good and uh, ready to go. What's the last uh, few days been like for this team to to get to game day here today?
0: Yeah, it's been, uh, from from what I've uh, been told, it's been a situation where they had uh, obviously some players test negative from the beginning and uh, they were able to continue to practice. And then it was kind of adding in people that cleared the protocols as they did Uh, each day. More players were joining, joining into practice right up through, uh, I think even into today. Uh, And now everybody uh, ready to go, at least for the most part, we'll see there, there may be one or two that, that uh, aren't able to play tonight, but uh, mostly back. And uh, last Thursday against Pittsburgh, uh, Narika Kono and Mikasa Robinson both did not play in that game for Louisville. They were in in protocols, so they were, <laughs> I guess, they got a head start on on everybody else that, that entered the day after. And uh, so I know that, that they were able to get back. And um, yeah, it's been it's been piecing it together this week. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, not the not the normal preparation that that you would have for a game with everyone in practice day in and day out. It's been uh, piecemealing it together. Uh, But, but everyone good to go and, uh, or at least for the most part, good to go. And, and uh, it's, it's been, uh, I guess the timing uh, with the normal flow of Thursday, Sunday games in the ACC, if, if you're going to have one uh, a stoppage, if you can get it on a Friday, uh, (laughs) it leaves a lot of time to be able to get back out there on a Thursday the next week. So um, that's, uh, that's where we are. and, And thankfully it was only one game.
1: Yeah, and th- and that's this year. I'm sure you do the same as I do. There's a lot of uh, counting of how many people are <laughs> on the bus, on the plane, on the court, just to, to see if everyone's uh, present and accounted for before games this year, because you, you never really do know. All right, uh, Nick, uh, before I let you go, you're also the, the AAA voice of the Louisville Bats here in, in town in Louisville. So uh, you've made uh, many a trip up uh, to Syracuse before, be at the Chiefs or uh, now the Mets. Uh, Donnie Baseball, Don Johnston, a longtime uh, employee there, did so much in the press box before games, passed away, uh, I guess about a week and a half ago now. Uh, any Donnie Baseball stories uh, come to mind for you?
0: I love Donnie Baseball. Uh, what a great man, just a great soul, so kind to, to talk to him everyone, every time coming to town. I, everyone had it out on Twitter. He always put on the door uh, of the visiting radio booth like um, welcome back for me Nick Curran after however many days however many hours however many minutes and uh, welcomed you and the, the miles you traveled to get to town it was a really cool touch um, he was just such a a, a great guy he, he always offered to, to help uh, whatever like if you we're going. If you're like, I'm going to go down to the concession stand and get some food. Uh, with all due respect, the the NBT. I don't. I, is it still NBT Bank Stadium? We don't. We don't go there often anymore now with the, the restructuring of the league. But uh, at the time, at least NBT Bank Stadium, the the press box food was notoriously not great. So he was like, "Well, you can get these concession vouchers and go down there." Ah, okay, I'll I'll head down and get it. He's like, "No, no, no, I'm going to go get it for you." So he would always go get the food and bring it up. and, and great to. talk to him. He he had been to Louisville before. So we always talked about Louisville and uh, just, just one of the great characters around the international league. I think everyone looked forward to to seeing Donnie when you, when he got to Syracuse Um, and, and it's really sad that, that, that he is, he's gone, but uh, I I think a, a lot of lasting impact from him. And, and, you know, I, the first time I went there, I guess was 2017 I took over as the lead broadcaster for the bats in the middle of the 2016 season and missed the trip to Syracuse that year. But the, the, the 2017 year was my first trip there. And uh, Donnie just so welcoming. And uh, you know, it's always, you're always kind of like trying to figure things out when you're going to a place for the first time, like where to go and uh, where to set up and where's your booth. And, and uh, just trying to get the lay of the land. And Donnie was just so awesome and and uh, and, and putting all that together for you. And um, definitely, definitely going to be missed. And definitely that place won't be quite the same without him. Uh, uh,
1: absolutely. And uh, guys like uh, Donnie and characters like that are uh, kind of what makes uh, minor league baseball and that uh, world go uh, round and round as it does. All right, uh, Nick, good stuff. Uh, thanks for a little preview tonight. And uh, I guess I'll be seeing you uh, downtown here in about an hour and a half or so. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you soon, Brian. Uh, looking forward to it. All right, Nick. Uh, we'll see him tonight over at the um Center, Cuse, at Louisville, seven o'clock tip. Women's basketball I'll have it right here with uh, Orange pregame starting at six forty-five. Watch the game this evening on ACC Network Extra, or if you happen to be in Louisville for some reason, you can listen to uh, Nick on the radio this evening. Well, that will uh, take a break. More with uh, Danny on Shays and Higgins when we come back on Q Sports Talk. Q Sports Talk. .com, he said at ESPN 977.
0: Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk Shows on QSportstalk.com.
1: This is Shays and Higgins. That it is, Shays and Higgins rolling along here on a Thursday. It's a game day. A lot of the days are game days, aren't they? This is a women's basketball game day. I'm in uh, Louisville, Orange at the Spectacular Yum Center to take on the third-ranked Cardinals. That game tips off 7 o'clock tonight, and you need not change the dial to take it in. Orange pregame is right here at 645. But, uh, Danny, let's let's get our daily dose of the head coach in Jim Beheim. He was on Orange Nation earlier today with uh, Paul and Steve, and uh, here is what he had to say about how exactly the players are finding their way on the court.
0: You know, I like to have I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul, and I've had it because I play the best players. I never have experimented in 46 years, and I certainly am not going to start experimenting now. That's not the way you coach. That's not the way you do anything. Anybody in any line of work that just tries an experiment is not doesn't know what they're doing.
1: This isn't a chemistry well, lab. Uh, not a chemistry <laughs> lab. So <laughs> uh, we, we can put away the beakers of the flasks and uh, the whole thing. But, you know, Jim Beheim says that I'd say or something like that pretty much. uh Every year. And I I think this week it was in particular to John Bola Jock getting in the game and Benny Williams only playing uh, four minutes the last time out. But you know, having been through a Jim Beheim practice, like he's paying attention to what those guys are doing out there and it affects whether or not they're going to play in the next game.
2: It does. You know, and, and the good news is uh, if you're a player, it gives you an opportunity to earn minutes, even if you're not in the game playing minutes. Right. Because you, otherwise you're stuck in that chicken and the egg. How do I earn minutes if I'm not getting any to show that I can play? Well, that's what practice is for. Uh, you know, when Coach talks about not experimenting, I mean, he's talking about you know game time. Again, that's what practice is for if you want to. You know, you know, work on something new and adjustment. Uh, you know, small lineup or a big lineup, or uh, you know, in my day it was the Twin Towers with me and Roosevelt. Uh, you know, that's what that's what practice is for. But yeah, you don't throw it in something new in the middle of the game and and cross your fingers. Uh, but as far as playing time, right? I mean, there's 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 a couple of windows. You know, you're playing a cream puff, you get a big lead. Uh, you know give a, a Benny Williams some time to develop out of the court, right? But that's situational. And, uh, you know, and the other thing is, like I said, it lets a guy like John Bollet-Jacques, who has not played game minutes, earn that, uh, you know, show himself uh, in practice, right? Or, or you know, maybe a Benny Williams, as he develops throughout the year, adding more things to his game, gives him that motivation uh, to show up, work hard every day, know that, uh, you know, there, there's a way to get some more, some more court time.
1: Yeah, Benny played just four minutes the last game. John Ball played four minutes. So we hadn't seen him like in a legit time of the game, and maybe not at all this season, one, once maybe. And uh, sort of the other side of that coin is he, he talked about Samir, and uh, Samir Torres <laughs> played 12 minutes uh, the last game, and it, it sounds like anyway that we should expect to see more of that here in the near future.
2: Well that's one of the few positions that you can give a different look, right? I mean you bring Benny Williams in at the at, at the forward spot, you know, you have Cole there. So it's not a that much of a different look you bring in frank anselm at center for jesse not much of a different look uh, but samir at the point compared to a joe Girard is a very different look right a big six five long arm defensive you know that typical jim Beheim, tall on the top of the uh, the zone point guard uh, and more of a driver than a shooter uh, where you've got uh, a joe Girard who's a smaller guard on the defensive end right but an aggressive steal rebound guy, but also you know, stretching the zone on the offense. So it's a very, that's, that's one of the few positions that can, you can give a very different look. There is no other alternative at the two, uh, you know, for buddy, you're just kind of rotating uh, Samir and moving Joe over, but that's not you know, really another, another uh, option there. So that, like I said, that, that point position is the only one where you can really give a different look.
1: And I'd say one of the last thoughts on this idea about the earning of the, the playing time in practice. We need just look back to last year right, Danny, and Jesse Edwards, who was vanished. Like he was he might as well have not have been there until the middle of January, then all of a sudden he's one of if not the most important player on the roster when you look at you know the last couple of weeks of February and the run they made uh, to the Sweet 16 and I think coach said it last year like the, the reason he even got on the court at all to begin showing that he could play well is because he did it in practice last year and it's it spilled over now here into this season
2: exactly and I think that's a like I said that's a great boon for players to have a coach who is willing to do that because a lot of times you get buried on the bench the rotation is the rotation Uh, You know, you get into the meat of the season. College's a little different than pro, that you don't have the, uh, you know, just that fire hose of games back to back to back. Uh, where in the, on the pro level it's tougher to break in because you you know by the halfway through the season mark you're really not practicing very much uh, you know you the, the starters are banged up and the subs have scrub practice here you know, just to keep in shape but you don't have that opportunity to show here in the college level you do because again you do have more time between games where everyone's playing and uh, and it's nice that a player especially look at this at this development stage right guys are going to have leaps over a month or two period like a Benny Williams or like you know a, a guy new to the you know, to the team who's uh, learning the system. So, uh, you know, to be able to have that, uh, like I said, that option to get some, earn some playing time, great bonus for the players.
1: All right. One final break here. We wrap the hour on Shays and Higgins next. Glad to have you here today. QSportsTalk.com and ESPN 97.7 here in the Q's.
0: ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. com. <laughs>
2: This is Shays and Higgins. If you want to.
1: A
0: couple of minutes
2: left here
1: today. Always time to remember, it's game time in the state of New York. I'm in the state of Kentucky, it's not game time here. But in New York, FanDuel Sportsbook is finally here. From Brooklyn to Buffalo, you can now bet on all your favorite teams with FanDuel, New York Sportsbook. And best of all, new customers can get started with a risk-free bet up to $1,000 when you sign up with promo code S Y R. That's S Y R. Just sign up to FanDuel with that promo code and get started with a risk-free first bet up to 1000 exclusively on the FanDuel Sports app. You must be 21 or over and physically present in the state of New York. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable site credit that expires in a couple weeks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Got a gambling problem? Eight seven seven eight hope and ny or text HOPE-NY to four six seven three six nine. Danny, just about a minute left here. I think we both just saw the headline, Andy Routens unretires. Uh, hard to believe that he's old enough to unretire already, but good to see Andy's still kicking around over in Greece right now.
2: Exactly. Good for him to get back in it. It was. I'll tell you, it was a tough time during all those COVID years for uh, U.S. players going over because all the travel restrictions. Uh, out, no. When I was out in Phoenix, around Wendell Alexis' son Anel, uh, he was playing overseas. Just didn't know if he could physically get back over there. Finally, did sign. Uh, but because there were so many players, it was certainly a buyer's market for the European teams. Uh, and again, because of COVID, the salaries uh, really got slashed. So it's a, It was a tough time. Glad to see Andy back. Uh, back playing and, uh, you know, good to see some SU guys uh, continue to go out there and and play pro.
1: Well, I I know this uh, without having to see anything, he's going to make some threes over in the Greek League uh, this season. That's going to wrap up our Thursday here on Shays and Higgins Q's women's hoops coming up uh, tonight at seven. Mike Waters joins us tomorrow, 3.30 on a Friday on the block coming up right here next.